This is Chris Benincasa for the Jersey Arts Podcast. This Thursday, February 10th, powerhouse vocalist Miss Lisa Fisher will perform an evening of love songs at South Orange Performing Arts Center. The legendary singer has performed with the Rolling Stones, Luther Vandross, Tina Turner, Yo-Yo Ma, Bruce Springsteen, and many others. She's also a Grammy Award-winning solo artist. recently spoke with Miss Lisa Fisher about her special Valentine's Day concert, what it's like to be one of the most in-demand singers in the world, and how she creates music that heals but still rocks the house. So you're coming to South Orange Performing Arts Center this Thursday, February 10th, to perform an evening of love songs. It must have been really fun to write that set list. It was really great. And my manager helped me, Linda Goldstein. She manages Bobby McFerrin. And, and she's just amazing. And so she's such a creative spirit. She actually helped me pull the list together. Um, so I'm really excited to be doing this with Taylor. Taylor is an ama- Taylor Eichstein. He's an amazing pianist and soul. It's almost like he sings when he plays, but he's got way more voices at one time than I do. (laughs) Yeah. You were featured in the Oscar award-winning documentary, 20 Feet from Stardom. And in it, all of these megastars like Mick Jagger and Sting are just singing your praises. From your perspective as a singer, uh, can you explain what it is that makes you and your voice the phenomenon that it is? You know, there's what people say versus what I feel in my heart. So I'll say what, you know, some people have said that they, uh, I can't, I can't do that part. I can only speak for myself. So for me, what I think I bring to the table is a really deep love and respect, not only for the artist, but what the artist is trying to convey the story the support that it takes to do that. Um, Nothing else is more important than wrapping the gift and giving it to the audience because the audience is what it's all about, you know? And, you know, there's so many things that, you know, a lot of artists have to think about that the one thing you don't want them to think about is if someone has their back or not, you know? Um, There's so much sometimes uh, other things that people are focusing on when they work for someone. But I think in general, most times people will focus on just the music and making sure that the artist has exactly what they need with as much love and respect and understanding as possible. You said that you want to make music that heals but still rocks the house. You definitely rock every house you walk into, um, but can you talk about the healing part of your music? What do you mean by that? You know, for me, it's all about the vibration of the sounds that are being shared in the space against the walls that reverberate and hit hit the walls and come back at you and, and, and go out to the audience and it comes back through the audience to you. It's almost like an ocean of sound. 
And it's so important to have the right people with you that sort of get that. And they, it's almost like a, a deep meditation slash party, you know, um, it's a celebration because, you know, we never know when it's the last time we do anything. And so when we do something in this moment, we want to make that moment as pregnant and as long as possible. And, and, and the way to do that for me is to really be in that moment, to just only think about that one thing, um, which has a lot of, you know, spices and sprinkles on top. To me, that's, that's like prayer, you know, and it's healing for me to be able to, to sing to people. It's, it's like doing um, the first part of the lockdown in 2020. I found myself being so depressed that I wasn't able to go out and sing. And even though I knew it was important to my well-being, you don't realize it as deeply until you don't have it. And so um, it just gave me another layer of just sincere appreciation to be able to get out there and to sing for people. It just, mm -hmm. I live for it. It's, you know, whether it's on the stage or if it's in a recording studio, if it's in a church, it doesn't matter. You know, it's the energy that's within you and the heart that you give uh, when, you, when you give it back out into the air, you know. How did you first discover that you were a singer? When did you know? I think it's sort of, captured me you know it was always around the house my parents sang my grandparents sang my uncles sang um and so you know my grandfather gifted us a piano and um my mom just loved learning how to play it and so there was always this uh love and appreciation for music at home and I think it started there my dad used to sing in a group called the Cupids and they did a song called uh the answer to your prayer and your dog likes my dog. It was a doo-wop group. And so they would always come by the house and uh, rehearse. And so, you know, I'd be sitting under the coffee table or hiding behind the couch and listening as they're rehearsing. And, you know, it was just like all of a sudden a window opened and I felt like I was flying. And so I just loved that feeling. And then when I was in uh, my first day of kindergarten, I remember this so clearly, uh, my mom was walking me down the street and on the ground, there was a piece of paper. And to me, not being able to really read at that age, I picked up this piece of paper and to me, it represented music. And so I brought it in to the uh, kindergarten teacher and I asked her if I could sing it. I wrote a song and can I sing it to the class? And, and she let me and, and, and I wouldn't stop. She had to stop me from singing whatever gibberish I'm singing. You know, so that feeling, uh, you know, singing in schools, um, Singing in church was huge. Um, I, I really enjoyed being in the choir in the church and just listening to all the voice parts. I, I enjoyed listening to records at home. All my, my, my parents gave me like all the Motown records and stuff like on a 45 with a little disc, you know, you, you're too young to even understand what I'm saying, I'm sure. But <laughs> it's like you, you put it on a, on a record player and um, I would, lay next to the speakers and I would pick out all these voices. It was like all of a sudden the people that were singing and performing on the record were in my bedroom and I was having these um, exchanges of information. And so it was just always capturing for me. Music is a, such a, it, it, it's, it's more powerful to me 
than words alone. The combination of sound vibration with the purpose, with the pitch, in combination with other harmonies, and, 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 and it, it shifts the room, it shifts, it, it, it impregnates the words in a way that just words by themselves don't do. Your singing has literally taken you around the world. Um, you can't ask just anybody this question, which was your favorite world tour? My favorite world tour, I would have to say, uh, was the Rolling Stones. I mean, it's a traveling universe. There are so many moving parts uh, that make the tour happen and so many wonderful people behind the scenes that uh, facilitate that. And, um, you know, there would be things like uh, a world of different food when guests would come, they would have different food stations, it would be one Japanese, it would be one that's more English food, or, you know, each city would have a different, um, a culinary experience. And so uh, every city would, would have the best of the best backstage. Um, and everyone was just so happy to be there. Uh, the people that were lucky enough to get backstage passes would come and it was sort of like uh, a, a celebration, an anticipation. And um, they felt so uh, loved and cared for by uh, the detail that the Stones uh, uh, gifted to the people that would come. And, and the dressing rooms were amazing. It's like I had my own dressing room. I could, I could have it decorated any way I wanted, anything that would help me be in a good space right before we go on stage. And it was like they would arrange these cities before uh, we would come in for sound check. And, uh, and then they would break them down and move on to the next city. It was just amazing to me. And just working with the band, being on stage live with the band, each of them are just so unique and special. And those, those spirits come together to give so much joy to so many people. And not only people as, 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 as a whole, but generations. You know, It would be the generations that grew up with the music, uh, their children that they shared the music with, and then their grandchildren. It was just mind-blowing to me. Could you tell us a little bit about your process, how you train, how you create, how you deliver what you deliver, one project to the next? Maybe it's just because the Olympics are in the air, but I think people would be really interested to hear about what it's like and how one operates at your level of skill and performance. You know, it's interesting. It varies. I think the basic training prior to all that is you know just trying to sing as healthily as possible you know going to your lessons finding the right teacher uh, making sure that you have a recording of your lessons so that when you're traveling you have your teacher with you um, so that you can warm up before a show show and uh, do the warm down after a show mm -hmm. um, the things you shouldn't eat and the things you should eat, the things you should drink and the things you shouldn't drink. Hydrating, uh, traveling, figuring out how to travel and stay hydrated, especially now um, having to wear a mask is really difficult, um, but it still has to be something in the mind, you know, really hydrating days before and making sure that you, you have the moisture in your throat to, to not get dried out or to harm your throat. Um, warming up before the show, breathing exercises. Um, so those are kind of like just the main things. 
uh, that's kind of like a given. Um, and then once you figure out what the assignment is, if you're working for someone and they're asking uh, to sing a particular note a particular way or a phrase a particular way, um, really truly understanding the lyric and their intention, um, understanding the colors and sounds that they're using against the, the music uh, and the instruments that they're using. Um, also switching and changing your sound when you're singing with a particular artist uh, between men and women. Uh, you know, guys have a different tone usually. And so I have to sort of uh, shift and, and shape and, and find the right color for not only their voice, but also the instrumentation that they're using. Um, it really has a lot to do with what is being asked of you. You know, a lot of times it's a precision uh, kind of vocal. Sometimes it's a rangy kind of vocal. Sometimes it's a heartfelt vocal. Uh, sometimes they're just experiments and you just, you know, don't care about making a mistake because sometimes those mistakes end up being these beautiful things that never happen again. And so just trying to free my mind up to do those things has always been difficult because I'm so precision oriented, you know. Um, but yeah, it's every time I walk into a, a, a situation where I have to sing, I'm so, I'm like a two-year-old. It's Christmas every single time because I never know what's going to be asked. Like, can I do this? Oh my God, can I do this? You know, and, and then if I do it, it just makes me go, ah, I got the job. <laughs> All right, so you've got a bunch of tour dates coming up and your special evening of Love Songs concert is this Thursday at South Orange Performing Arts Center. What can your audience expect to experience? A very um, intimate sort of, hand-holding and personal interpretations of the songs that we've chosen. So Amazing will be one of them. Um, but it's really more about the people that come and them honoring their love for each other. And so it's like we're opening the gateway for them to live in the stories of these songs and to honor their love for each other. That's really the whole purpose of it. Miss Lisa Fisher, thank you so much for doing the podcast. It's my honor. Thank you, Christopher. I appreciate it. Miss Lisa Fisher will perform an evening of love songs this Thursday, February 10th at South Orange Performing Arts Center. For more information and tickets, go to SOPACNOW, that's S-O-P-A-C now dot O-R-G slash events. And for more information on the arts in New Jersey, go to jerseyarts.com. I'm Chris Benincasa for the Jersey Arts Podcast. Thanks for listening.
The Jersey Arts Podcast is made possible by the New Jersey State Council on the Arts, supporting excellence and engagement in the arts since 1966.